Hey everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Voice with Jonathan Gendron. This is the first episode. I'm recording in the Ronald McDonald House right now while my son is recovering from surgery at Lurie's Children's Hospital. I'm going to talk a little bit about my past, why I happen to be in Chicago instead of back home outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and the protocol that I've been developing or tool that is really helping get my life in a better place. The very simplified story for my oldest is he was discovered at 28 weeks to have SVT, which was later re-diagnosed as Wolf Parkinson's white, a tachycardic or too fast heart rate condition. Then he was born premature six weeks early because of it, and the treatment included keeping a UVC line in, which is highly suspected to be what triggered the clot at his liver called portal vein thrombosis, which led to him hemorrhaging at four and a half. He had a follow-up hemorrhage at five and a half, dozens of upper endoscopies. He had a coma after the first hemorrhage for 17 days. And here we are, he's 10 years old at Lurie's Children's Hospital, and he had the best available reparative surgery. And we're still in the recovery process. He just got moved after a week from ICU to standard, which is longer than it should have taken. However, we're still very blessed. And even though everything hasn't been done optimally, and I'll go into more of that in other broadcasts, we're still very grateful. The doctors here have set him up for success. And while there's been a lot of hurt and trauma that's carried through from this. Over the last several years, his mother and I have worked really hard to be better and better parents, even though we were no longer right as spouses. So on to a little bit more about me. I was born in 81. A little bit more about me. I'm just your normal 80s kid who had just a little bit more about me. I'm just your standard. You're tuned in to Finding Your Voice with Jonathan Gendron. This podcast is for the hurt, angry, bullied, and dead inside. It's also for the forgotten optimist. Through this, I hope to reach into your lives, hear your stories, share some of mine, guide you into finding ways to use the tools I have found or have developed, and show you how I have helped myself and fixed my own parts that I am responsible for, and to give you hope. I hope for you to find even greater hope than I have, and together, we will find our voice. Today's topic is big, and while it might not be the best strategy to start with such a heavy topic for your first episode, I'm going to go ahead and start heavy with despair. Despair is designed, despair is defined as the loss or absence of all hope. That ties not only into the mission statement you heard 
but it ties into the book and the ideas of forgotten optimism. There is a great comedian who has a book about secret optimism that's inspired me to look at myself and evaluate where I might still have some hope. I've lost hope several times in my life from grade school, being bullied so viciously, hit by students, by teachers, having been consistently rejected by women and other girls in school, not just women. I really had lost hope at a very young age. I'm diagnosed high-functioning autism, Asperger syndrome, whichever one of those labels you want to use. It's not the name that matters so much. It's the communication challenges I had, the natural tools that a lot of people have that I didn't. So it took some time, it took some effort. I was blessed and am blessed by a great loving family who did the best they could. And like every human family, they didn't get everything right. But I'll be damned to say anything other than they really did an amazing job. I credit each one with different ways of literally saving my life. I've been suicidal because I had given up hope and thought that the world would actually be better off without me. That's not true. That's the disease lying to me. Just like it's the disease lying to you. However, me telling you that isn't necessarily going to help. Everybody tells you, just hang on, it's going to get better. Sometimes we need to remember, sometimes I need to remember to tell the people around me. Not that I believe in you, you're strong enough, you'll get through this. That I hear you. And if you're going through a tough time, I hear you myself. I want you to reach out wherever you're able. If it's in my comments, that's cool. I'll do my best to reply, especially while I'm getting started. It'll be easy. I will be building a community of people who will help support each other. See, I've received a lot of support from podcasters such as Gary Vaynerchuk, Ed Milet, Tom Bilyeu, and many, many, many more. They've just sown so much love into my life at the right time. And if I can be that for one person out there, it's all worth it because we leave this trickle down. See, I don't know where you sit on faith and I'm not going to push one faith or against a faith. But there is a proverb about the blessed man's cup overflowing. And it isn't intended to overflow just to run onto the ground. You need to bring your overflowing cup around the thirsty. And so if you have an overflowing cup of blessing, go let it flow onto others through love, through kindness. If your cup is empty and you're feeling hollow, 
one of the hardest things to do is to reach out and say, hey, I'm thirsty over here. Help me. Sometimes it's just a comment in the Arete forums or on Tom Bilyeu's Mindset Impact University, a public Facebook, uh, Instagram post that a positive speaker has. You'll be surprised the places you can find support from strangers. There are a lot more out there who want to bring hope into your life than I ever realized. So what I've learned is despair is a lie. There's always hope. Now, going back to what I said earlier, telling you that isn't going to fix a fucking thing. So I want to also help equip you with the tools that I'm discovering as I go. The first tool is changing who you listen to. The magic of changing who you listen to is you are bringing in voices that will support you. Start listening to people who believe in you. Start limiting your time around people who don't support your dreams. If they are not feeding you, then they are starving you. So I want you to find more podcasts to listen to of people who bring positivity. The more positivity you bring in, the more there is in you that can feed and grow your positivity. Because right now you need to shift. You need to shift from thinking nothing will get better and that you've lost hope. You need to start surrounding yourself with people who will bring you hope. If you are in an environment where you can't leave and you can't get surrounded by better people, you need to start putting in your earbuds and listening to better people. Because these voices, and there are hundreds and thousands of voices that want to bring positive words into your ears, give you life, love, and support. I'm one of those. I've mentioned others such as Gary Vaynerchuk, such as Ed Milet, such as Tom Bilyeu. There are literally tons of us. And they have done a lot to inspire and change me. They have guests on their show, especially Ed Milet and Tom Bilyeu, who can resonate in my heart and help get me going. If you aren't offended by language, the Goggins interview... Ed Milet had was huge for me. I listened to it twice in a row before I could listen to anything else. There are books out there. I also want you to think about the music you listen to. I'm not one of those who's going to say I'm not one of those who believes rock and roll is wrong or heavy metal or disturbed or Papa Roach or whatever. I believe You've got to look at the message. Do you feel better because of the music? How does it make you feel? There is a growing study 
of how music affects the brain. And when you find the music that resonates with your soul, that leaves you feeling better, that's huge. You find a voice or two or three that are just going to inject more positivity into you, into your mind, into your life, into your heart, that's huge. If you can start doing a little bit more physical activity, I believe everybody can do more physical activity for the most part. And you do those things to bring the positive endorphins, to bring movement, to get your sleep in line. There's a lot of things, but pick positivity first. Because as you start feeding on the healthy, inspirational, kind, caring, loving, supporting words, messages, inspirations from people who have been through worse than you and I have. If we can feed on those and let their overflowing cup fill us up, then we can stand up a little bit higher and take on the next day a little bit better. There are tons of steps that come down the road, but this tackling despair with filling yourself with as much positivity as you can freaking stomach listening to. That's where you're going to start finding your breakthrough in life. I have been suicidal. I've attempted suicide. I've seen people attempt it. I've helped people who've attempted it. I've lost people to it. I have lost people to obesity. I have been chronically in pain, disabled. I have lived the disability mindset, not just with a disability label. I've seen my son's heart stop the same day he was born. Yet, eventually I got filling myself with positivity. The truth is, I spent a good five years dead mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And... I still have some regrets. However, I've started realizing that it all happened for me, not to me. Everything that happens, we have a choice. We have the choice to let it happen to us or to let it happen for us. Having life happen to us is a hell of a lot easier because you have no responsibility. But if it happens for you, boy, you're on. Because then you have to choose what are you gonna do with it? How are you gonna use it? How are you gonna maximize it? How are you gonna benefit? How are you gonna help? How do you find your hope? You see, my son a couple days ago started crashing bad again. His mother, my ex, I still treat her kindly. He was crashing bad, and things got scary, and I'm sitting there starting to feel a lot of the fear, the hurt, the anxiety, the fact that I could really lose my son that day, or he could never be the same he was because he could end up with some 
damages to his brain or whatever because of complications. And there was no certainty anymore. I was terrified. And then I heard that his mother was starting to have some of her friends and her family come up. And I was starting to get bitter and jealous because my family had done the best they could to get up there. But they aren't in the position that they're retired or they've got these extra days off. They had just been up there for the surgery days. But they had to get back because bills got to get paid. But here I am sitting there noticing that well up inside of me and I'm starting to get angry I'm starting to get bitter and she's falling back on some of the habits of not listening as much I'm falling back on mine of not listening as much hint that's a part of why we didn't work out spoiler alert we weren't good at listening but here's the thing I changed. I flipped the freaking script. Instead of sitting there wallowing, going downhill, and preparing to go back into that dead state when I've only been really awake and alive again for the last 14, 16 months, I then started reaching out. I started doing the most uncomfortable thing for an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert, whatever the hell you want to call it. I started reaching out. And I didn't reach right out to my family. I reached out to strangers because sometimes you can feel like in your moments that you're a burden to the family. If you say, hey, I know you've only been gone for a day and a half, but I really freaking wish you could find a way to get your bum back up here because I'm having a hard time. Or, hey, is there any way I can get you to take a couple of emergency days off at work and come up and see your big brother? I'll help pay your airfare, something. Or whatever. I mean, I have to run a GoFundMe to pay for my needs and expenses for my son and help pay for his mother to be up here because he deserves his mother and everything like that. It's not cheap being a thousand miles from home, flying to and from. Great organizations are helping out, such as Children's Flight of Hope and Ronald McDonald House. But you certainly don't sleep in the same room with your ex. Like, come on. But the big thing is I took my power. I chose in that moment to stop living in the bad habits of self-seclusion. I reached out. That was one of the hardest steps to make. But between Impact University and Arate Syndicate... Dozens of people reached out to me. I had phone calls with strangers. I met up with some guys last night, had a couple-hour great conversation. It was the best decision. And that's what I'm saying is this is happening for me because if I had lost him but I had started to continue through the change of making things happen for me. If I kept that and lost him and kept going down, oh my God, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to reach out and pull in people who are positive, that's going to turn every situation into something 
that has blessings in it because every situation has a chance to be used as a blessing. And I'm not saying the evils you've experienced were righteous. What I'm saying is when you learn how to harness that, you can turn it into a power of hope. And then when you take your power back from that ex who had too much power in your life and it took you years to figure out who you were without them, but you still take too long to dispute whatever you need to. Or that teacher in high school 20 years ago who slapped you across the face and laughed at you in front of the class. Or that bully or that boss or that stranger that guy in traffic six months ago who cut you off that whenever you see a red Civic still makes you angry. You're giving them your power and your hope. And as you start finding your way to let go of that, and as you start taking back that control, because the guy who cut you off, what if he was on his way to an emergency losing his son? What if... All kinds of things, not excusing. However, we can frame it differently for positivity and for hope. And when we take control of our mindsets and our intent, we start shaping our reality. And when we control our reality, because our perspectives are our reality. So you shift your perspective, you shift your reality, and you go from despair to hope. You go from loss to gain. You go from hurt to healed. There is so much in that. That single shift, that choice of how do I use this for me? How is this intended to help me? And when you do that, you start switching. You switch from I can't to how can I? It's not I can't forgive my ex. It's how can I forgive my ex? It doesn't mean you go back into a relationship with them. But it does mean you put a healing on for yourself, you put a handle on some things, and then you heal for you. And I can say I'm a better father. The more I forgive her, the better father I am because I don't carry the venom anymore. And so I'm not still biting my tongue when I'm kind. I'm being kind because it's genuinely what I want to do. There are people that you have to cut completely out of your life. I have almost no friends. I have zero left from grade school in any facet. I have some Facebook acquaintances. But if you define friendship as someone who chooses to reach into your life and you choose to reach into their life in a semi-consistent way, then I have very few. There's a recent study that half of friendships are one-sided. 
It's one person saying, hey, let's go do this all the time. It's one person investing in the other. So I'm looking at the real definition. And that is a true relationship between two people feeding each other and supporting each other. And so when you start finding people who bring into your life from their hope and their love and you're bringing hope and love into their life that's a true friendship and those friendships are going to help you tackle and destroy despair because that is true hope that is someone saying I'm making time from my life to give my time which is my life to you here have part of my life so if someone's giving you their life if they're seeking it and seeking some of yours and they're doing it in a way where it's bringing value to think about it in a business perspective or a personal perspective because kindness is a value they're bringing love which is value and they're bringing the most valuable thing positivity into you you need to double down on them and you need to double down on anything you can find that will bring more positivity into your life and I'm not saying that the people who are important to you that are negative Nellies you cut them out completely because they're just some you can't there's sometimes family who are just downers that you can't get rid of because that would be just wrong it's family however limit your time and there are times where you do cut family loose really love writing things down the random ideas that we have such as some improvements for at the hospital and how they could do things differently i've been brainstorming ideas with the nurses while killing time waiting for this blood result to come back or justin's inrs or while they were adjusting his medicine, etc. Because you're always thinking. The next and final thing I want to introduce in this podcast is my ILLI protocol for self-awareness. I started developing it when I was creating the three-ring binder of information so that I could keep track of everything for Justin's surgery because we only had about three weeks head start on getting on up to Chicago from outside of Raleigh. So we had a lot of information to keep straight really quickly and I had to start the GoFundMe, Jag's Journey, etc, etc. So ELI protocol for self-awareness is ILI for Ideas, Lessons, and Improvements. See as we're going through any situation, trial, tribulation, day-to-day time, We have random ideas. The subconscious is always working. It's observing. And we are consciously looking and observing. If we keep track of and pay attention, even write down, and I'm starting to... So let's study how we think and get to know our thoughts. And then that leads into the lessons. Because if we know what we're thinking, what can we learn? What can we learn from the situation? What can we learn from how others handled the situation? What lessons are in the situation? Every 
situation is a lesson, has a lesson. To give, to teach, one for us to teach others, and one for us to be taught. A true master teaches. That's where they gain the truest mastery. And then finally, you have your improvements. It flows all the way into improvements. How can you improve the situation next time if you go through it? Or how can you improve the situation for the next person? How can you improve how you're handling it now? Going back to when I was feeling really bitter and alone during the day Justin was crashing, I chose to pay attention to what I was feeling, identify them, think about the lessons I had learned from the past as to what didn't work, find a way to improve how I'm handling it, and then I executed on an improvement by reaching out. And then part of that improvement is I'm now working to improve my protocol for self-awareness by teaching it to others so that I can become a master of it and create more masters to help other people through their situations. And all of these, the whole thing, all three points, they feed and they move interchangeably because you've got your subconscious ideas and your conscious ideas. You've got the lessons. Sometimes as we go to bed, or as we're taking our shower, the theta waves are triggered and we start realizing, wait, I could have done it this way. And that's where you go transition into the improvements. Next time I can do it that way. Next time I can reach out. Next time I don't go for a five mile run in brand new shoes if I'm wearing worn out socks. Because hey, you get a blister like that. These are all steps that build interchangeably on each other. This is currently the most beautiful tool I have discovered, designed, named. I don't know. There might be someone else out there to credit with it that I just came to the awareness on my own. I still am doing a lot of research on it. However, for me, I can boil down everything from the 120 pounds I've lost in the last year, the cholesterol I've gotten control of that was over 600 plus and is now down to normal for the first time in my life, so on and so on and so on. I can boil it down to these three pieces of this protocol of self-awareness that I didn't know I was developing until I started paying attention more and more to my self-conscious and then evaluating my past versus my future goals and then started writing it down and I saw the pattern start. If you guys have any comments, suggestions, this Ely protocol, I really challenge you. Critiques, criticisms, feedback, please put it in the comments. If you have any questions, let me know. Please like, share, comment, all that usual stuff. And most importantly, the topic of this week is destroying despair. So find one new voice of positivity to bring in and kick one negative 
destructive voice from your life. And if you don't have any, you can cut, replace it by having earbuds in or something so you cannot hear them. If you have to sing songs in your own mind because you don't have earbuds right now, cool. Get creative. Draw. Write. You need to put more positivity in and subtract some of the negativity. Thanks. I believe in you. I have hope for you even when you don't have hope for yourself. Thanks to try it out. Give me your feedbacks. Tell me what you found that works and doesn't work for it. Let's really work this thing out together and create this to help others. Let's take it to the next level.